Jewish Latin Princess, episode 156 on pricing and revenue goals. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome back to the show. How is everyone holding up? It has not been an easy time. I know. I know our hearts are broken, and I know that we're scared. Um, but we can't cave into the fear, my friends. We just can't. I was just talking about that on Instagram recently. You know, I saw that um, there's a woman by the name of Miriam Lutner who wrote a wonderful op-ed on USA Today, um, and she shared in a Facebook group that she's receiving death threats. Death threats, my friends. I mean, if you've been on social media at all the past 12 days, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to put a link to that op-ed here on the show notes um, so that um, everybody can read that. And of course, there's been so many people who've expressed um, their words so eloquently. Um, and I'll just say this, you know what? The Torah says, Altira, do not fear. But I know it's hard. I know it's really, really hard. So what do we do? What do we do? We have to we have to strengthen our connection to the only source of comfort and peace, God Almighty. Pray, do a mitzvah, take an otherwise mundane interaction and make it holier, strengthen the peace in your homes. The stronger we are spiritually, the stronger we will be physically. And please, 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 above all else, Ahavas Israel you know, love your fellow Jew, do not focus on differences with your fellow Jews. This is a time where it's more critical than ever to stay together and unified. And one of the most heartbreaking things about the war and everything that's been going on was actually not the not, uh, not the world's response. That is super painful and we need to be vocal about it and all the things. But one of the really heartbreaking things was to see Jews expressing negativity towards other Jews. It was like, what? Really? This is what we need? And I'll, I'll, I'll say two points, and then I'll go on with today's show. Um, the first thing is, if anybody thinks that the anti-Semites discriminate between religious Jews, non-religious Jews, observant, non-observant, liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat, you're wrong. It's time to take your Judaism and wear it loud and proud because if there's anything good that the anti-Semites can teach us is that a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. They make no distinction because guess what? There isn't a distinction. We are one. We are one soul and you cannot sever your relationship with your people, your God and his Torah, no matter how you try. So embrace it. And I know that this message does not apply to any of you in my audience. I really do. And I don't mean to be preaching at you. I'm just sharing what's in my heart. And hopefully that's something that you can, that just, it can reinforce your belief because I know you're with me on this and, and you can, you know, it can give us some strength and I, I really want to keep it positive. Um, we need the positivity. We need the strength. God knows we need it. And we need 
love and we need unity above all else. Guess what? Love unites. Hate obviously divides. So let's stay focused on the love. Let's dismiss the differences. Let's focus on what unites us. Let's focus on spreading love, period. And finally, second point, to anyone who possibly could be confused and think there's a difference, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. It has always been that, period. Again, regardless of where you stand in the political religious spectrum, please bear in mind that there is no such thing as anti-Zionism. There is only a desire to exterminate the Jews from the face of the earth. And you and I have the power to prevent that. We do have more power than we think. And that power is in our ability to spread love, to unite and not divide. So let's use it wisely. And again, I'm really not preaching to you. I'm just sharing with you, even though it sounds like I'm talking to you when I say you. I'm just sharing with you that this is this is what's in my heart. Um, but I know I know my audience, and I know that this message resonates with you, and it's um, probably um, a little bit of what you've been, you know, sharing um, with your own family, your own circle, your own social media, uh, and uh, and all that. So. Speaking of Zionism, a big shout out, really, and a lot of love to my listeners in the Holy Land. I have a, an incredible group of listeners from Israel. I want to say something. You are our heroes. You are the mothers of kids in the army. You are the mothers of kids who were in bomb shelters. You are the pioneers making Aliyah, and you are in the safest place on earth. The Lubavitcher Rebbe said it many times, and I will continue to repeat it and shout it through the rooftops. The rest of us, we live in an illusion of safety. <laughs> That's it. It's all a farce. God protects the Jewish people and God protects Israel. And so my friends, short of being in Israel with our people in our land, let's make sure that we're connecting to God and strengthening our bond again to those three things that are inseparable to our fellow Jews to God's Torah, and to God. One of the lessons, the lessons of Shavuot, um, which at this point, it seems like it was ages ago, but you know this, it's Jewish pride, right? We should be modest as a small mountain, Mount Sinai, but a mountain nonetheless, right? Not arrogant ever, but rather with a very healthy sense of Jewish pride. So let's use it. Let's have that pride. Um, let's walk with our head tolls and put our trust trust in God, not in the government and not in the media, not in anything else. Having said that, we definitely have to use our voices. Um, but um, let's just, you know, have that Jewish pride um, very, very strong and our um, trust in God Almighty. All right, so that's that. And today I have a great episode. I hope it's a great episode for you. It's actually a replay of uh, um, a visit that I had, um, a session that I had inside the Rice Mastermind, which I'll tell you about in a second. I was originally going to have Israeli Minister of Diaspora Affairs, Omer Yankelevich. You might know her. She was meant to be on our show for weeks, but God has had other plans for us. <laughs> Both our schedules have forced us to push up this interview for a very, very long time. And afterwards, um, right after we canceled the last time and we we had just this heartwarming conversation, it was actually very lovely to connect as women and understand each other and 
just how busy life can get and all that and be um it was just wonderful i'll share that maybe another time and maybe in the interview but right after war after that the tragedy in mayron struck and then of course the war so hopefully we can make that happen soon because i know you will love having her here she is just so wonderful um so in the meantime um, I want to thank, before I get started, all of you on Instagram who've been helping me choose a new logo. I mean, yes, amidst, you know, the anti the posts against anti-Semitism and everything else, I actually posted a few drafts of um, the new branding that's been going on behind the scenes. And you've guys been so generous to help me choose. If you haven't, and you don't know what I'm talking about, just head over to my Instagram page and you can cast your vote. I'm listening. Um, and that is, you know, just one of the incredibly, incredible things that are going on behind the scenes around here. And I can't wait for everything to unravel. As you know, we're developing a new podcast, and there's just so much going on. And one of the great things happening is that I've joined my colleague, Dr. Azi Yankovic, um, who you may know, um, I joined her as a facilitator at the Rice Mastermind. And let me tell you, this is some group. Today on this episode, I'm going to share a bit of what I spoke about earlier in May inside the Rice Mastermind. I spoke all about revenue goals and pricing. But let me tell you a little bit about Rice. I know you've heard it before. I've advertised Rice Mastermind on the show. And now, as I said, I'm proud to say that every month I'm going to be with the members of the Rice Mastermind Um teaching them about money mindset and habits, which obviously impact our business because Rice is a business mastermind. So if this is starting to resonate, um, keep listening because this might be for you. I think this episode can teach anybody um, a lot, but definitely um, open your ears to this idea of the mastermind because I think you've heard me say this before. I'm a big fan of masterminds and hint, hint, I'm going to be facilitating inside this mastermind every month. So if that is intriguing, stay tuned because I think my sessions are going to be an awesome complement to the sessions that Dr. Azzi, who is a fabulous, facilitates within the, the, the mastermind. And I'm really looking forward to being there monthly, right along with Azzi and all the members. If you're a business owner at any level of the entrepreneurial journey, you know that it can get a bit lonely and that we need other peers to help us rise, to help us grow. It's also, we've talked about it on the show with several guests, right? It's also quite hard to keep momentum on our goals, to stay focused and to move forward. There's nothing like a solid mastermind group that can help keep you accountable, that can help answer those questions that are like, you know, like pebbles on a shoe that just don't allow you to move forward. And also who can help you see your blind spots and Asi's created an incredible, incredible community, and I'm proud to be part of it. Um, so if you're an entrepreneur, a current business owner, check out Rice, because I know you'll be just as impressed um, as I've been with the type of support and the actionable strategic steps and results that we are seeing from our members. And as my gift to you, my community, you can get $18 off your first month inside Rice. Plus, 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 check this out. You will also get a 30 
minute one-on-one money coaching session with me. All you have to do is head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash rice and use the code Yael to get $18 off and receive a calendar link to book your 30-minute one-on-one money session with me. So I'm looking forward to that. And I, of course, will see you every month inside the mastermind. So check out all the details at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash rise and use your special code EIL to claim your $18 off and get your money session with me. And now let me leave you ladies with a taste of what I spoke about a few weeks ago inside the Rise Mastermind, which I know will benefit so many of you all about revenue goal setting and pricing. Here we go, ladies. going to be talking about building our business and we're going to be talking about the financial part of that, the money part, which is obviously super important because we have businesses, we don't have hobbies, right? Um, Some of you might have been in other sessions with me um, or other groups where we've discussed that. Um, And so what we're doing here, what you guys are doing with ASI in this Rice Mastermind, you're helping each other rise to the next level. You're building that community so that you can help each other and learn from each other and also obviously learn from ASI, learn from me and and really leverage the, the community that she's been building here. And so for me, that's super exciting because I believe in this wholeheartedly. I also have my own community. Um, Most of my communities that I've built are in Spanish. And some of you might know me from my podcast, Jewish Latin Princess. Thank you, Lila. I think we're recording. Yes. Okay. Um, Thank you so much. And soon enough, that's going to be rebranded to Jewish Money Matters. And some of you might know me from a free Facebook group that I have by the same name, Jewish Money Matters. So money and business is kind of like my thing, especially always combining it with Jewish philosophy and Jewish wisdom. And I know that not necessarily everybody in this group, you know, might be Jewish, but definitely there is that sensitivity to to that, to that wisdom when I speak. Um, so if you find that comes through in some of our sessions, now you know why. Okay. But what we want to do today is what I think was hoping that we do is start off with this month talking about revenue building and more importantly, perhaps, or more detailed pricing itself. And again, I'm really, really excited to be here and see familiar faces and getting to know the new faces. Um, we're going to be talking about money and finances and the financial aspect of running our business going forward. And I'm I want to say it again. I'm like beyond excited to be supporting ASI in this endeavor because I believe in this community so, so much. I know, um, I know what she's built. I know what you, a little bit of what you, some of you have built and what's been going on, um, in the mastermind. And I feel like really, really privileged to, you know, to join you guys and to, you know, work with you and help you and and grow myself with you in this journey. Okay. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk, as I said, about revenue and pricing. Price is what you pay and value is what you get by, of course, one of the greatest investors um, in, in America. We all know Warren Buffett. Okay. So this is at the core when I thought of what we're talking today. Um, 
I thought of this. Now, what, what I want to do is we're going to talk a little bit about first, we're going to start with revenue. Then I want us to go into breakout rooms. And then I want to talk about pricing and then go again to discuss something in groups. And then we'll leave time for, for questions, etc. Okay. So why don't I start by asking in the chat if if we started off with idea, this idea of revenue goal, I would love to see in the chat, first of all, who here does usually set a revenue goal? Either it doesn't have to be for the year. It could be for the year. It could be for the month. It could be for the quarter. It could be by offer or by project or by launch. You know, Is this something that we're doing? Is this something that we hope we're doing? Tell me in the chat with a one, if it's something that you regularly do or with a two, if it's something that you're not doing. Yes, but it's not my main driving force. Nice. Let's go over that. Yes, Rena says she does. Two-ish, right? You're like, you sort of do it. It's a, Maybe it's a little nebulous. Lilach does it. Very good. Okay. So we have a sense, obviously, that there's something important about it. It makes me anxious and disappointed. Beautiful. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. A lot of the... A lot of one of the reasons why this is so important, aside from the fact that, again, going back to those principles that we're running a business, not a hobby. And let me just define that for us so that we're very clear. Okay. A business and a hobby, the two main differences are a business is about others, it serves others, a hobby serves me right? It's about what I enjoy, how I like it. A business is about what does the world need? How am I here to serve them? That's difference number one. Difference number two, a business makes money. A hobby uses money. Yes? It, yes, we got those are two really, really important things. And so as we're working our businesses and as we're growing our businesses, we always have to have this idea the business is here to serve. How am I going to be of service? Okay. That service now requires an exchange, a monetary exchange, because I'm delivering a value and somebody's willing to pay for that value. And this is going to be a very important work that, word that we're going to keep reiterating today over and over and over again, value, right? And you saw it um, with that Warren Buffett quote, price is what you pay, value is what you get, right? And number two, it makes money, right? The business has to make money, okay? So going back to this idea that Rena mentioned, and I'm sure, Rena, you're not the only one. This is, this is why this conversation is so important. It, the inner child work of money and our money stories and our money mindset and anything around money that makes us uncomfortable really comes up in this when we're talking about pricing and charging, right? This is one of the challenges that we come up with as business owners. And we have to be really honest and really face it head on and know that our money story doesn't just come up in our personal finances. It comes also, it comes up in our businesses. And the first thing is, yes, exactly. M money belief systems, right? And these are things that are going to come up all the time and they're, time, and they're going to trip us over. They're going to trip us over when we have to charge, when we have to face somebody who needs a discount, all this stuff. Okay. So this is why this is so important. It also comes up when, like you said, disappointed. What if what if I don't meet that revenue goal? Like maybe I should not set it. That way I don't, 
I don't set myself for a disappointment, you know, but what's the downside to that? The benefit actually of setting a revenue goal. And I know, I know somebody had mentioned, um, you know, it's not my main driving force. Here's the deal. When we set a number, it gives us like a real sense of clarity of what are the steps? I can now reverse engineer. It's like a, a what do you call that? It's like a comp. Is it a compass? I'm getting, comp- by the way, my, my first language is Spanish. So if I throw a lot of Spanglish in here, just bear with me. Or if I trip over and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's that word in English? Okay. So that's me. You get to know me. Yeah. This is yeah for you guys. Okay. So it's like this, this compass that we're, that we're aiming towards not because of the number itself, but because now I can reverse engineer what do I need to do to build that business? What are the steps that need to happen? So for example, you know, like there's a lot of discussion out there about, you know, do we set up these big audacious revenue goals that are like super out there? Or do we keep something more realistic? And the truth is, for the sake of this conversation, even though I am totally cool with incredible ambitious goals, like so, so, so for it, for the sake of this conversation and what we're trying to achieve today of getting really clear on how to price things, I want us to think of a revenue goal that has these qualities. And I don't want to use the word realistic because again, it doesn't necessarily reflect what I'm talking about. I want us to think in these qualities and I want us to go into breakout rooms soon and kind of discuss that. Okay. Here's what I want you to think when we're coming up with a number. And again, that number can be my goal for my next offer or my goal for the next month, or my goal for the next three months, or my goal from for the year, or from now till December. It doesn't really matter. It's something for us to have in our minds, okay? And what I want us to think about is four things. Number one, what do I have? They're all like, what do I have in place right now to support that number? And that could be your idea if you don't have an, this offer in place, right? It could be, do I have an idea for an offer that I could be, or a service or a product that I could be launching in the next few weeks, few months. It could, or do I have an existing offer that's going to lead to that number? Number three, do I have a price for that offer that exists or the idea that is in my mind? Do I have an inkling of an idea of a price for that idea? Or do I have an existing offer that already has a price, right? So we're thinking about the idea or the offer. That's one. The the idea or the existing offer, the pricing, the time, right? Do I like, I could say, I want to make $100,000 this year or any number. Okay. Throw the number. It doesn't really matter for the sake of this conversation, but I'm about to have a baby. It's not the case, right? And I don't have a, an operation that runs so smoothly and I have all the staff running in place. So there, the engine is not in place for me to say that I could really finish the year at 100,000. If I'm having the baby, I don't have a team that knows how to run this. So it's not probably the best year for me to set that goal, right? Again, I don't want to use the word realistic because I am really all about big ambitious goals, but I also want us for now, for this exercise to get really concrete on the, what do I have in place or what am I, 
What could I put in place that idea? What would be the pricing? What is the time that I have to implement this? And what is the, and this is critical, what is the past performance? Meaning, you know, they say in the investment world, past performance is not a predictor of future results. And that is true, right? Like we don't necessarily buy an investment, like knowing that because it performed a certain way, it's going to perform the same way. That is true. But when it comes to our business, here's the thing. We don't know something until we've experienced, right? Meaning if I never had a $25,000 launch of something, to give you an example, and I'm just coming out with my first workshop, I might not, I don't even know what that looks like yet. It's not to say that's not achievable. In fact, if we ran the numbers, depending on your pricing and the people that you could reach, it's totally probably very, very doable, right? But if I know what I have and I say, okay, I'm looking at my numbers from now till May and hint, hint, this is important, right? Let's just like, just make a note. Okay. So if I don't look at my numbers regularly, yeah, Ella's suggesting here that we should be looking at our numbers regularly. We should get, have a sense of how much, uh, not a sense, we should have tremendous clarity. We should literally know how much our business is bringing in every month. And so if I've already know that I have a good track record of bringing at least $10,000 a month, I've done that it's no big deal, then it's not so crazy for me to assume that in the next few months, for sure, by the end of the year, I'm going to bring another, what do we have? What do we have? We have seven months left of the year. I'm going to bring $70,000. In fact, it's not crazy to think I could bring a hundred thousand, right? I could push myself a little bit extra. Again, if I have the offers in place, if I'm I don't know, not having a baby or my daughter's not getting married or whatever. You know what I mean? Like those things, are they in place to support that number, right? So I have the past performance to kind of like support, okay, this is an achievable goal. It's it's a little bit outside of my comfort zone, right? Because again, we always want to push our businesses to grow. We always want to see where is the growth opportunity here, but there is some past performance to suggest that I could do something like that, right? Or I've run workshops or I've done, I don't know what, and I've made, I don't know, $5,000 a month. And I have time to do this X, Y, Z, whatever you want to call it, three more times this year. So it's not unrealistic for me to say that I could bring $25,000. I could, right? So that's what I'm getting at. So I have an idea or an existing offer. I have pricing for that offer at the time. And I have some sort of past indicator to lead me to believe that this number is something that I could achieve. So why don't we I think also, so I'm looking at a question here. I thought, I think also, especially with creative fields, our price can be very intertwined with our value, which is hard. Yes, Elisheva, 100%. And we're going to talk about that as we move further along today. So what I'd love to hear is some of you said that you do that, that you have, one of you said you have an annual goal. I want us to throw some numbers. And, and, and part of the reason I'm kind of getting us to do this is because a lot of what we are going to learn to do together as we get more comfortable with each other is normalize the money conversation. So we had a great question from one of our members inside Rice on this idea of setting a revenue goal when really we know as Jews that we cannot control the results. The results are only in God's hands. 
No matter what goal we set, we won't make a penny more than what God decided in Rosh Hashanah. So how do we reconcile this? Here's what I had to say. The number is not what's determining the results. Okay. However, you did say a piece here, Rena. That is what I do want you to like zoom into. And it's, I've done this before and three months, I know leading up to it, there's no revenue. And then there's, there's the revenue, right? That's what I want you to focus it on. You know, that there is something that when you do X, Y, Z, it tends to result in this range of revenue. Okay. Whether you get it or not, again, it, it's beyond our control. But the reason I want us to have that clarity is because I want us to get to the clarity of the pricing. In your case, you're further along the lines, and I don't know everybody's business and where we are, and you probably are super clear on your pricing, but we're also going to discuss the ability to, you know, have I tweaked my price? Have I changed my prices recently? You know, why not? What, what did I need to be doing that? So I still encourage you, and I know the struggle, and I, I'm, I'm more of a creative person in a lot of ways. So you'll see like it's I also struggle with this. Like I want to leave it fussy and, and open. And I find that when I do, it doesn't turn out as well. The more clear I get on that number. And again, it's not so much the number. It's how it helps me back into what do I need to do to get there. And now you're understanding me because you know what you need to do those three months leading up to that. Yes. And somebody had mentioned, I don't know if it was you, Olisheva. Oh, but it causes me anxiety. It might be disappointing, right? So we get it. We get it. That this is where what Rina just mentioned comes in, having that bitachan and that faith that it's not that I'm depending on me and my koichos, my, my strengths to get to that number. It's that the clarity helps me show up in the world. The clarity on the number helps me do the work. And here we're about doing the work. How can I serve? How can I serve today with what I have? Whatever comes out of, yes, 100%, God determines. But I have a responsibility to show up and do the work, right? So, and so that number is going to help me backtrack and give me the momentum because we're human, okay? And we kind of have to trick ourselves into doing the thing that is hard and uncomfortable, right? So it's almost like we're tricking ourselves, tricking that part of ourselves that wants to stay comfortable and to say, no, if I've already done a lunch that brought in 70,000 and I have three months to work on this and I have the offer, I have the clear value proposition, I have the staff, I can make it be 90. Let me see, how do, do I need to do more conferences about it? Do I need, what do I need to do to do that? Right. How much more can I be serving within obviously the limitations of whatever my priorities are and everything else that we're not going to talk about today? Let's do an exercise. I want us to start thinking about value because what Lilach, I want, especially with your comment, this was the perfect segue into this idea, right? Well, you know, I think what I heard you say is like, if somebody came to me with like this degree and that degree or that experience, that would be the price, but my service is online and I'm this and that. So maybe we can, you know, maybe it warrants a lower price. That's, that, that's a struggle there. Right. Right. It's, it's that, that inner child work of like, who am I to do this? Right. Um, but you and I know, and maybe other people in the group know you that you deliver a tremendous amount of value. And we're going to now kind of like go through the exercise of, 
developing what that value is for each of you. But let's take uh, another approach and let's think a little bit like consumers, right? What was the last thing? Rena's doubling the price for her course now. Wow, that is amazing. Let's think like a consumer for a second. Think of something that you recently invested in, you paid for, or that you tend to invest in regularly. Something that feels like big, like just like something that's a splurge, or it's like something that feels like this is something I pay for. These are things that we're investing money in. And there is a real why behind it, right? Like, what are the benefits? What is the value to you? The reason why you're paying for that accountant? What? Why? Why are you paying for that rock climbing experience? What is, what is it doing to you that it's worth that amount of money? And I know in your heads, you all know, right? You can all list why. Well, like, and you can explain it. You can justify. You've justified it to yourselves. Maybe you've even justified it to your husband or your whatever, right? Like, there is a certain value. And what does that value look like? Like, for each of us, it's different. But there is a certain important thing that that experience or that service is delivering. We are selling value. We're not selling price, guys. We are not ever selling price. We are always, always selling value. Our job is to be super clear on the value that we're delivering and communicate that certainty and that value to our clients. And then there will be the client who wants that experience, wants that energetic exchange, right? There will be Devorah who doesn't care so much for Shaitals that she's willing to pay that much for it. But there will be Devorah's friend who really the experience of being there, not having to shop around to a hundred sheitelmachers and the energy and the service that that woman provided for her and the level of comfort that she gave her, whatever, all of that, that price tag, that's done. Like it is valuable. I'm ready to pay that, right? So we have to get comfortable that our job is as being, as offering a service in the world, whether it be through our product or our service, right? Is to communicate that value. And at the beginning, and I don't know, it seems like there's a lot of you who have already like really experienced, but at the beginning, maybe we can't, we, we're still kind of uncomfortable. Because we don't know how to claim a lot of value because we either have less experience, right? We were just starting or perhaps we doubt our credentials, right? It hasn't been validated so much by the market, right? But as we, we also have to understand that with time, this, the value becomes really evident, right? Because we start getting those results. It's all about the results. And this is the beauty of the new world that we're in, right? Who was saying recently, oh, I was talking to somebody, we're talking about the online world, right? In this day and age, I used to work in corporate America and somebody else said that they did too, right? Or they do, whatever. Um, It used to be a different world, right? right? There was a little bit of other things that we had to navigate. Now it's it doesn't matter if you're a woman. It doesn't matter. Like, it's just about results. What results can you give me? Right. And so the minute we start, we can start gathering those stories. We can start gathering those results. We can start seeing, oh my gosh, I did deliver on my promise. I did. I do have something that I'm doing that's working. Right. And we have other things to stack up value, not just the stories and the testimonials, but we have connections that we can leverage. Right. What can I do? 
what connection do I have in my life that can, I can bring into my group or I could bring, you know, what do I have that, that can add value to whatever it is that I'm doing, right? Devorah's accountant, to take an example, he might have an amazing bookkeeper that, hey, he's not only doing the accounting and the taxes and the that, but guess what? His staff is so amazing and it's so responsive that, oh my gosh, not only do I get she, do I get her, I'm sorry, it's a, it's a she, um, is that a terrible thing? You see how we do this? Like, how did I, my brain assume that's terrible? I'm glad I caught myself. Okay. She, but she also has an amazing bookkeeper value right there. Right. Right. Packaging. Like we talked about before with, with your offer, um, Justine, right. How can we package the content or the information or the service in a different way that adds value for people? And by the way, in your case, and some of you might be in the coaching space, we, you know that they are going to get a tremendous more amount of value if they're sitting with you consistently for an extended period of time. That has a price tag because you just relieved the resistance. You just gave them accountability. You just gave them the opportunity to show up for them. So there's so much that goes with paying that bigger ticket, like, entrance into your space of being with you, you know, with the, it's not like, well, I'll, yeah, I'll give you a session on a nutritional plan, blah, blah, blah. No, you, you have gained from experience, right? That your customer, your client who sits with you for an extended amount of time and is consistent gets a tremendous transformation that you cannot deliver with a one-off session, right? So boom, that has a price tag and the price tag, guess what? It's bigger than just multiplying the one-off session by a couple of multiples. It, it's, it's more than that because it's the whole experience has an increased value. So, so we got to start thinking about that, right? How do I am not selling price? I'm selling value. How do I stack up? I'm always looking for ways to stack up value, right? And by the way, on that topic of charging that we just said, and some of you said that you... Um, um, Rena was saying that she just doubled the price and somebody said every year they charge more, right? I, I want to present to you or invite you to kind of challenge yourself. Like Justine is about to do this, right? The whole new packaging is already a challenge to increase my pricing, right? And by the way, you're going to do it a few times and then you're going to see maybe this package needs to be a little bit more because I'm seeing that the client, whatever you start, you start tweaking, but I want you to challenge yourself with as often as you can playing with that number, moving it upwards a notch. Okay. Because here's the deal, guys, we are not locked up to a price. This is, this is something that sometimes people get really hung up with. Like, well, that's my price. You're not married to that price. This is your business. This is your business. And you have, as you grow, you have expenses that come with it. And we have to get really, really clear on what expenses are. And as you grow, you have more value that you're offering, right? You have all those stories, all those connections that you bring to the table, the experience, all of that value stacking is increasing as you progress on this journey and on top of the cost. Therefore, it makes perfect sense that your price goes up. 
And we have to get comfortable with that and test it and, 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 and challenge ourselves. Next time I get a call, I will quote a higher price. And that is okay. And guess what's going to happen? You get it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I did it. And nobody negotiated. Or you might say, hmm, I've tried it two times and nobody's biting. What is not the price necessarily? Before you look at the price, say, where is the failure in communicating the promise of the offer and the value that I'm providing, right? That's our job. Communicate the value and be really, really clear on the promise, okay? So let's break it down um, for the benefit of, I, I think of everybody, but let's say we're beginning, right? Like how do, how do we get to that price? And I, there's various ways, and I often like to think of it like, we got to combine them all. We got to have it very clear and just be able to play with all of these elements. Okay. Element number one is, okay, I need to have like a minimum viable price. That's like the minimum price that I show up for or that my product can sell for. Right. And that is my cost of my labor, right? My time, my time, my time, the time that it takes me and the hourly rate that I want to be paid, right? And it might be that at the beginning, it might be that today is $300, but you might have started at 100 or 150. Again, we can grow from there, okay? But you have to have very clear a minimum price for which you would show up to serve depending on where you are in this journey, okay? And how long it takes you to offer that service, right? And then all your other expenses. We can't forget about all the other expenses that you have. Are you paying an assistant? Are you paying for, you know, I don't know, Zoom or Canva or who knows what? All the things that go on depending on what what is that your offer is, right? So there is definitely like this minimum. And then this is the only point number one. What's the next step? I mentioned it before. Well, we have to look at the market, right? And that's so easy. With a few clicks, we can really get a sense of what is the going rate? Like, what is this range for this type of service that I do? And you're going to see the range might be really, really big. And again, why is that? What kind of values this person offer? Oh, she offers the same type of workshops, but she offers them in Italy, and there's like, it's a whole week experience and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I'm not there yet. How did this person start? Right, right. There are, there's ranges and things. Um, so let's look at the market. What's the market for this? And I, that doesn't mean that we have to get limited by that. Again, there is a minimum viable for us. The, and then there's a market and we don't have to price ourselves at the bottom of the market. If we're starting, we could it could be towards the bottom if we're starting, but it doesn't have to be the bottom bottom because again, when we get super clear, yes, I'm only sort of starting in this area, but I come here with tons and tons of other things that I can stack on top and I could communicate really clearly why this is the most amazing whatever it might is widget that I'm going to be offering this person, right? And again, it's not, we're not, we're not coming up with these things. These things are genuine. They are from us. We have to get really clear that we each have our own unique experience and our own unique um, mark in whatever field, right? Nobody can do it in the same way as us. So having a range gives us the, gives us that. It was the idea of the range. And now we can say, okay, 
let me start from here. And then I could keep playing because again, what did I say? We don't have to ever feel like we're married to a price. We can change the price, right? Then number three, so we talked about just doing your numbers, like really running your numbers, knowing what that minimum viable price is, getting clear on the range. And guess what? Slapping 20% on top of that. Because guys, most of us tend to undercharge. So when you come up with a price, slap 20% on top of that and then see how does that feel? Feel that price. I would always say that's step number four. And again, I always want people to have these, like constantly be doing these, okay? Feel that price, list the value. What am I offering for that 997, right? Feel the price again. Do I need to go up or do I need to go down, right? Is it within the range of the market? Is the value like, wow, that's offer. Okay, that's awesome. I'm bringing this workshop and that workshop and that speaker and that speaker. Okay, that seems to be okay. And I test it. And then there's a second time where I'm going to realize if I want to increase it, that's okay. But this time around, when we're setting the price, let's feel it. Let's list that value. Let's feel that price again. And let's say, okay, do I need to go up even another 10%? I already went 20% from what I initially thought. And I feel comfortable or I need to lower it a little bit, gauge that. And guess what? Number five, check with a good accountability partner come in the group and check with yourselves and see, you know, how do you feel about that number? Say it and communicate to your partners. What is it that you're offering? Because again, you're going to now start buying into that price. And once you've done it, it's never as scary. All right, ladies, this was just a taste of that session with me. Obviously, there was a lot more. There were questions and examples shared by our members, there was support, there were wins and celebrations and action steps that we committed to, etc. So if this sounded at all interesting, and if you've been thinking that a business mastermind might be for you, that it might be what you've been missing to really step up your entrepreneurial game, hey, I highly recommend you check out Rise. We rise together, right? So head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash rise and use your code YAEL to get $18 off and to book a 30-minute one-on-one money session with me. And I'll see you inside the membership, obviously, every single month. And that's a wrap, ladies. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I so appreciate you. I know you have much going on and that you still show up for this show as soon as I air an episode. And I want to reiterate that this show is not only going to become more consistent, but we have a few more episodes a week planned for you. I don't want to spill the beans yet, but suffice it to say that we're on to a really nice restructuring and I'm hoping that you will love it. So thanks for your patience as we continue to work towards the transition and the rebranding of the show. And thanks for your continued support, the lovely emails and DMs that I get from you. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you love who might benefit. Just text them the link right away or send it on WhatsApp. And hey, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'd love to see those. And I will, of course, give you a shout out back. Finally, big announcement. If you're in New Jersey or close to New Jersey, I'm coming mid-June and I'm planning an event, a live event, limited spaces, small event due to COVID restrictions. So please send me a DM and tell me, hey, I'm in Jersey and I'll send you the details to see if you're interested. I'd love, I'd love to get together. I can't wait to meet some of you in person. And with that, ladies, uh, I'm going to leave you off with a blessing for peace in 
every sense of the word and of true true healing for our entire world. I leave you with that and have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.